Back Blue Shirts fans to episode number 142 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And today, I want to kick off the episode by talking a little bit about the statement released by the Rangers and Knicks. Of course, they were the last two professional sports teams to say anything since the horrible murder of George Floyd. A lot of fans upset with the statement because it's very short and somewhat generic. I don't think it really requires a lot of effort to condemn racism, but I'm going to read you the statement right here. This is what the Rangers had to say. Every one of us has a role to play in creating a more just and equal society where there is no racism, bigotry, violence, or hate. We stand with all who act for positive change. We all waited more than two weeks for that. I mean, I know that the Rangers had their reasons for not uh, releasing a statement, as did the Knicks, and we'll get into those in just a second. I don't think they were actually good reasons, but they did have their reasons. But I just don't think it takes a whole lot of effort, uh, a whole lot of common sense to condemn racism. I mean, how much effort does this really require? I mean, I think this is really the bare basic minimum that you can do. Now, as far as why it took so long, and for some context, today that I'm recording this is Tuesday, June 9th. This is more than two weeks after George Floyd was senselessly murdered. And here is an email that was leaked from Jim Dolan to employees of MSG last week. It was first reported by ESPN. Uh, This is Dolan's rationale for remaining publicly silent since the murder of George Floyd. It reads as follows. As companies in the business of sports and entertainment, however, we are not any more qualified than anyone else to offer our opinion on social matters. Now, technically, he is not wrong about this, but again, how hard is it to just condemn racism? You don't need to put out a lengthy press release. Different organizations have handled this in different matters. Different companies, different sports franchises have handled this whole thing different ways. Uh, Some have released very lengthy uh, releases, and, and, you know, they condemn racism. They talk about what they're going to do to, uh, you know, fight this battle. Like, it sounds like Jim Dolan, what his biggest concern is, he doesn't want it to sound like he and the Rangers and the Knicks are fancying themselves as experts in social justice. And, okay, fine. But again, it's just, it's so simple. Just say that racism is wrong. That's all you really have to do. Say that it will not be tolerated uh, within your organization. And I don't think it needed two weeks to put together two sentences, literally two sentences. And in a follow-up email to the employees, Dolan wrote, I know how important this topic is to so many, and I do not want there to be any confusion about where I as an individual or we as a company stand. So let me be clear. We vehemently condemn and reject racism against anyone, period. It is against every value that we hold dear. Why not put that in the release? Like, like that's all you need to say. And with Jim Dolan apparently, you know, leading the charge here, um... They just really dropped the ball on this whole issue. I mean, again, it is not that difficult to condemn racism and make it clear that you will not stand for it. 
The other thing that I wanted to talk about here in the intro, and we talked about this a little bit in yesterday's episode, but the news broke uh, very late as I was recording the episode, and so I only really got to mention it for just a couple minutes there at the very end, but I wanted to talk about the formation of the Hockey Diversity Alliance. This is a group that was just formed uh, yesterday, Monday, and its mission is to eradicate racism and intolerance in hockey. Uh, the group has appointed Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks and former NHL player Akeem Alou as co-heads of the organization. Also on the executive committee will be Trevor Daly of the Detroit Red Wings, Matt Dumba of the Minnesota Wild, Wayne Simmons of the Buffalo Sabres, Chris Stewart of the Philadelphia Flyers, and Joel Ward, uh, who played for a number of teams during his NHL career. But as for the Hockey Diversity Alliance, it sounds like it's an organization that will work independently from the NHL, although it sounds like both sides uh, hope to have uh, a strong working relationship together. And one of the other big goals from this organization, which I think is just awesome, is they are looking to promote diversity at all levels of hockey. And as part of a statement that they release on Monday, you know, announcing the formation of the Hockey Diversity Alliance, uh, this is what it said regarding that. In creating our alliance, we are confident we can inspire a new generation of hockey players and fans. We are hopeful that anyone who puts on skates or sits in the stands will do so without worrying about race, gender, or socioeconomic background and will be able to express their culture, identity, values, and personality without fear of retribution. And in fact, I might as well just read the entire uh, press release from the Hockey Diversity Alliance announcing its formation again. This happened on Monday. Uh, you know, they can explain it better than I can. And I think, you know, it's important to hear uh, who they are and what they hope to accomplish as an organization. So here we go. I'll just take it from the top and just read the whole thing for you guys. We love our sport. We believe that hockey is the greatest game in the world. As minorities who play professional hockey, we have come together to create the Hockey Diversity Alliance, HDA. We have appointed Akeem Alou and Evander Kane as our co-heads, and our executive committee includes Trevor Daly, Matt Dumba, Wayne Simmons, Chris Stewart, and Joel Ward. Our mission is to eradicate racism and intolerance in hockey. We will strive to be a force for positive change, not only within our game of hockey, but also within society. Although we will be independent of the NHL, we are hopeful that we will work productively with the league to accomplish these important changes. We believe in the importance of accountability in developing inclusivity and diversity for all involved in our sport, including fans and the league office. We will promote diversity at all levels of the game through community outreach and engagement with youth and will endeavor to make the game more affordable and accessible. We will also focus on educating the hockey community about the racism issues confronting the sport while advocating for acceptance and equality. We have partnered with a charitable fiscal sponsor, and we will be launching a charitable division in the coming weeks to assist us in achieving our objectives. In creating our alliance, we are confident we can inspire a new generation of hockey players and fans. We are hopeful that anyone who puts on skates or sits in the stands will do so without worrying about race, gender, or socioeconomic background, and will be able to express their culture, identity, values, and personality without fear of retribution. We are united in our efforts and promise to work tirelessly to bring about the change our sport and society needs. Yours truly, and then at the bottom, it's signed by all the players who uh, are heading up this movement. Uh, Evander Kane, Akeem Alou, Trevor Daly, Matt Dumbo, Wayne Simmons, Chris Stewart, and Joel Ward. So, yeah, I mean, it's really just great stuff. It's good to see these players being so proactive and, you know, looking to make the change, not just in hockey, but in society in general, because racism has gone on for far too long. It needs to be eradicated, again, both 
on the rink and off of it. So uh, hopefully this is an important step in the right direction, and hopefully the NHL uh, you know, works hand-in-hand with the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Again, there's no official affiliation here, but I think it makes sense for both sides to come together, unite. I mean, that's what the whole thing's about anyway, is bringing people together and uniting. So yeah, hopefully it brings both sides together and we can get rid of racism once and for all in this sport and in this country. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. What I thought we could do now is go ahead and take a look at the Rangers hurricane season and try to identify some players on the Rangers who I think could be X-Factors for the Blue Shirts in that series. And I'm going to start by saying that uh, Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, and all of the Rangers goalies will be excluded from this list simply because, well, let's start with Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. Uh, they're superstar players, and it's a situation where in the playoffs, when the lights are shining brightest, you hope for and you expect to have your superstar players playing like superstar players. And from what we've seen from Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad this season, I've seen nothing to suggest that either one of those guys would not put their best foot forward for a playoff series. Now, is it possible that the Rangers could beat the Hurricanes if Mika Zibanejad has a quiet series? Could they beat the Hurricanes if Artemi Panarin has a quiet series? Yes, they could, but it does make things more difficult. And I think just based on how they've played this season, uh, we should pencil in Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin, uh, short series or not, to keep the good times rolling and just continue to produce the way that they've produced. And obviously, fingers crossed that, that happens. But to me, they're not really X-Factors. They're just superstars, and they're guys that you expect them to be at their best. And as for the goalies, now, I would think it's probably going to be Igor Shesterkin starting between the pipes. You know, we did a whole episode where we talked about the Rangers' three-headed monster at goalie not too long ago. And, yeah, I do think it'll be Shesterkin. But whoever lines up between the pipes is obviously going to have a huge, huge say whether or not the Rangers get past the Hurricanes because it's the most important position on the ice. And we've seen examples in the past where your goaltender, you get a hot goalie, you can uh, make a nice run in the playoffs. You can go all the way to the finals. You can win the Stanley Cup if you get a hot enough goalie at the right time here in the postseason. So, I I think it goes without saying uh, the goalies, uh, whichever goalie the Rangers go with, gonna obviously play a huge, huge role against the Hurricanes. And if they beat the Hurricanes, will continue to play a huge role in the rest of the postseason. So I'm gonna go ahead, run through five Rangers here who I think are gonna be X factors in this series. Guys who could really kind of tip the scales of the series if they step up big and play the way they're capable of playing for the New York Rangers. And I'm gonna start this list with Philip Hedl. Hedl in 60 games this season has 14 goals, 9 assists, and Hedl has a tendency to be a little bit streaky. We've seen that over the, I mean, really two seasons with the Rangers. He played uh, in nine games with the Blue Shirts. 
in 2017-2018, and we have seen that he's a little bit of a hot and cold player. He tends to get off of really good starts. We've seen that in each of the last two seasons, and this upcoming Stanley Cup playoff tournament isn't the start of a season per se, but in a way it kind of is because we haven't been playing hockey since March 10th, and by the time this starts, the earliest it's possibly going to start is July 10th. It'll probably be a couple days after that, I would imagine. So we're talking four months, four months of a layoff here, and Hedl, you know, his trademark has kind of been getting off to uh, a hot start in each of these last two seasons. He has been inconsistent at times as far as points are concerned, but he, when he's on, man, you know, he, he fires in all cylinders and he can carry a team offensively. We've seen that despite the fact that he's just 20 years old. Uh, this year, he had six goals and an assist in the Rangers' first eight games of the season. Uh, last year, it wasn't as early in the season as I remember, but he had a stretch where he scored a goal in five consecutive games. It was the 18th through 22nd games of the Rangers' season in 2018-2019. So can he do it again? Can he do it under these bizarre circumstances where the NHL is going to unpause its season after a four-month layoff? Can he give the Rangers some secondary scoring? Because as I just said, we know how dangerous Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad can be. We know how they can make players around them better. We've seen them do that all season. But wouldn't it be something if the Rangers finally started to get some secondary scoring from one or two of their bottom six forwards? And maybe Heedle can be that guy. Keep your eye on Philip Heedle. I think he could be a little bit of a dark horse when these playoffs get underway. And you're going to need someone to step up big if you're the Rangers, if you're any team in the hockey playoffs. Uh, that's what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. You're going to have to have not just your superstars playing like superstars, but you're going to have to have some of your role players players really kind of take that next step and give you more than you would have expected. Uh, nothing less than that is going to lead to a Stanley Cup championship because, you know, a couple of teams in this league, they're going to get that. They're going to get some players uh, stepping up and providing more than they usually provide them. And the Rangers, they're going to have to have that as well. And maybe a guy like Philip Hedl, uh could lead the charge there, could give the Rangers a little bit more than they were expecting in these playoffs. Another X factor for the Rangers, I'm going to say Brendan Smith. Uh, it's been kind of a weird season for Brendan Smith. It's something that we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. And, you know, we can sit here and talk about how he's overpaid. And the fact that he's making $4.525 million this season while spending a lot of it not even playing his natural position at defenseman. You know, you got to remember, he was a winger when the season started. They just had him out there on the fourth line because there was kind of a log jam at defenseman. But yeah, I mean, the case can certainly be made that Brennan Smith is a little bit underpaid. It's not an unfair statement to say that. But I do think Smith was tremendously selfless in agreeing to switch positions and move to wing for a good chunk of the season. He's 30 years old. He's been in this league for a long time. And there's been times where he's been a very good defenseman in the NHL. So to suddenly uh, be asked to change positions like that, I think he has to be commended in being willing to do so. And I think he plays hard. Whatever position you put him out there at, he's going to give you the best that he's got. Now, you could argue that when he agreed to change from defenseman to wing, it was just self-preservation because it may have been a situation where it was kind of like, uh, hey, you can either play forward or you can be a healthy scratch, and he chose to play forward. But even so, I think a lesser team-first individual probably would have demanded a trade so that he could go somewhere else and play his normal position of defenseman. Not so with Brennan Smith. He's done whatever this team has asked of him. And then, of course, the trade of Brady Shea to the Hurricanes opened the door back up for Smith to move back to defenseman. He's done all right. He's had his ups and downs since moving back to the blue line. But this is an inexperienced New York Ranger blue line entering the postseason. And in fact, three of the Rangers' six defensemen, who in all likelihood will be in the lineup when the playoffs start, will be making their postseason debut. That's a lot. And Smith, on the other hand, has played in 39 career postseason games, the last 12 of which came with the Rangers in 2016-2017. The first 27 came as a member of the Detroit Red Wings. Mark Stahl, by far, has played the most postseason games of any Ranger defenseman. He has appeared in 104 playoff games, so an entire season of hockey and a little bit of change. 
And then second most, Brennan Smith with 39. Then you've got Jacob Truba, who has played in 27 postseason games, all as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. A combined zero postseason games for Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, and Tony D'Angelo. So Brennan Smith, he's a guy who's going to have to lead the way for some of his younger teammates on the blue line. The Rangers need him to be what they signed him to be, and that's a top four defenseman who is going to play big, play physical, establish a tone, and just be sound in his own end. It's as simple as that. Smith does play hard every night, but the Rangers are going to need him to step up in these playoffs and be a rock back there on the blue line. Hurricanes have some talented young forwards, and Smith is going to have to hold his own and keep them in check. He's going to be a big part of what the Rangers do because he's going to be in a top four role on the blue line. It's funny because sometimes, you know, on a depth chart, you'll see Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox listed as the third pairing. They're the first pairing. I mean, you, you can call it whatever you want. They've played better than anybody else. It's really as simple as that. Uh, but then right behind them, I would imagine it's going to be Truba and Smith out there probably getting the second most ice time out of any other Ranger defense pairing. And so Smith's going to have to step up. He's going to need to play big for the Rangers and, and make it so that, you know, the loss of Brady Shea, of course, he's on the Hurricanes now, make it so that the Rangers don't feel that very much. You know, they, they can get by with Brendan Smith. And if you're rolling out a top four uh, defenseman group of Adam Fox, Ryan Lingard, Jacob Truba, and Brendan Smith. I think you got to feel pretty good about that. But Brendan Smith, like I said, he's going to have to play big. He's going to have to play physical. He's going to have to do his part to hold these Hurricanes in check and, you know, continue to just play good, solid hockey, veteran hockey, and lead the way for these guys if and when the Rangers do advance past the Hurricanes into the second round and maybe even beyond. You never know. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Number three, I'm going to go with Pavel Buchnevich, and this is not in any order, by the way. You know, I just kind of took the five Rangers that I thought could be X-Factors and just put them all together here. So they're not ranked like some of the other lists that we've done. These are just five guys in no particular order, guys who I think could really have an impact on the series with the Hurricanes. And like I said, number three, Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, I like Buchnevich. He's become one of my favorite players over the last couple of years. And when he cross-checked Brad Marchand after Marchand had just done the same to Ryan Lindgren, that pretty much solidified it for me. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich at or near the top of the list as far as my personal favorite Rangers are concerned. But the thing with Buchnevich is we still don't know the answer to whether he's going to truly become a staple of this rebuild or if he's just going to be a placeholder until somebody else comes along. Is he just going to be there until the Rangers bring in somebody that they like better, whether that's by free agency, whether that's by a trade, or whether that's by somebody coming up with the Wolfpack? Is Pavel Buchnevich here to stay, or is he just keeping the seat warm for somebody else? And we still don't have an answer to that question, but Buchnevich could go a long way towards solidifying his spot in this kind of new era of Ranger hockey if he has a big postseason. And I think he's got it in him. 
This has been his best season as a Ranger. All four seasons that he's been here, I would argue that he's gotten better and better, and hopefully he's saving his best for this run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, the other thing that Buchnevich, I think, really has working in his favor, if he's to have a big-time playoff series against the Hurricanes and possibly beyond, is that he's typically out there on the first line, and that means he's out there basically on a nightly basis with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And we've talked about how the Rangers are a little bit top-heavy, and so that line, that top line for the Rangers, going to need to produce in the playoffs, and Buchnevich is going to play a huge role in making sure that that happens. Uh, the other thing here, Buchnevich was really heating up before the season paused. You know, in his last 17 games before the break, he had six goals and 12 assists, so basically producing at a point-per-game clip. And I know, obviously, there's been a lengthy break here, but it would be absolutely huge for the Rangers if Buchnevich can go out there and pretty much just kind of pick up where he left off and just continue to do what he's been doing and just take that next step forward as a Ranger because, again, there's a lot riding on this postseason for Pavel Buchnevich, maybe as much or more so uh, as any player on the Rangers because if Buchnevich turns in a really strong playoff performance— it can go a long way in helping him kind of entrench himself with the Rangers. They'll start to think like, man, do we want to get ahead of this? Do we want to extend this guy before he becomes a free agent? Buchnevich, by the way, an unrestricted free agent the season after next. And so, you know, a big playoff series here. Maybe the Rangers start to think, hey, you know, this this guy, he can play and he keeps getting better and better. And we want him around here for the long term. I know the salary cap is tight in hockey. You can't always keep everybody. But... The fact that he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after next season, if he has a big postseason here, it could land him a payday. You know, it, there is the business side of it as well. But as far as the hockey side of it is concerned, uh, the Rangers really need that top line to produce. And Pavel Buchnevich obviously going to have a big hand in it. And hopefully, like we said, he can just pick up right where he left off before the season entered a pause. Another guy I'm going to throw out there is an X Factor, Capo Caco. And... Before we really dive into this one, let me just reiterate something that I said in an episode not too long ago. I'm not even sure Capo Caco should play, given everything that's going on right now with COVID-19, because Caco has type 1 diabetes. I think a lot of people are aware of that. But studies have shown that people with diabetes who are diagnosed with COVID-19 are at a significantly higher risk than the average person. And it's just a case where the Rangers and Kako are going to have to put their trust in the hands of medical professionals. Uh, certainly, Kako should have some say in whether or not he plays, but it's also probably best not to leave it entirely up to Kako himself because 19-year-old kid, he wants to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, he's probably going to say yes, you know, and I don't know. I think it should be a group effort deciding whether Kako plays or not. So we'll see. But... Let's say Kako does play. Let's say that all the medical experts declare that it's safe. You're okay. You can get out there. You can play. Go do your thing. Okay, great. Kako has a chance, if he plays in the postseason, to make everybody forget about what was kind of an underwhelming rookie season for him. Again, there's some high expectations that come with being the number two overall pick in the draft. And the thing that I keep saying to kind of defend Kako is he's basically been playing hockey nonstop for about a year and a half. He hasn't really had any offseason. He's just kind of jumped from one season right into the next one, one after the other. And now he's finally, with this break, uh, gotten some time to rest. He's been off for almost four months. And I think there might not be a single player in the Rangers, maybe in all of hockey. I, I mean, I can't say that for sure. There's probably some veterans out there who are a little bit older who are uh, benefiting from the rest as well. But, I mean, you talk about somebody here with Capo Caco who really could benefit from this break. And of course, this break happened under horrible circumstances. Thousands of lives have been lost, and it's obviously a horrible thing. But as far as a player on the Rangers who could see their game kind of take a jump from having some time off, it is Capo Caco. The skills are there, 
And hopefully, if and when he comes back, Keiko has his legs under him and he can contribute in the playoffs and give the Rangers some secondary scoring. That secondary scoring that's kind of been lacking, uh, at least from the bottom six forwards. I know the defensemen kind of chip in a little bit, the Rangers defensemen at or near the top of the league as far as points are concerned. But it would be nice to see, you know, some bottom six forwards put the puck in the net a little bit more often. I mean, I'm sure every team would like that. And that's what's going to happen when you move down the lineup. You're going to get less and less scoring uh, as you move down the lines. But, yeah, the Rangers, I mean, I think they could really get a jolt from Capo Caco. He had just 10 goals and 13 assists in 66 games this season. But you got to remember, he was 18 years old when the season started. He's 19 now. And I think we as fans just need to be patient because, you know, not everyone gets to be Wayne Gretzky right out of the starting blocks. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what a rejuvenated and rested Capo Caco can do in the playoffs if he's given the green light to participate. And if he can be the guy that the Rangers thought that they were drafting, then he could really put them over the top and really be just another big-time scoring threat on this team to join the likes of, you know, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, even Chris Kreider. And, you know, the argument, once again, it could be made that nobody would benefit more from some time off in the NHL, or certainly at least on the Rangers, than Capo Caco. Finally, I'm going to throw out Mark Stahl as a wild card in this playoff series. And he is the second-longest tenured Ranger after Henrik Lundqvist, and Again, I don't think Henrik Lundqvist is going to play in this series. I think he will be dressed on game night. He will be the backup to Igor Shesterkin. But based on what Shesterkin has done uh, since being called up to the Rangers, I can't imagine they're going to go back to Lundqvist, despite his domination over the Hurricanes throughout the years. But Stahl needs to be a leader for this team because he's going to be by far the longest tenured Ranger uh, when the puck drops, assuming that Henrik Lundqvist... Uh, is not in the starting lineup. Now, he'll be there in the locker room, and he can obviously, you know, encourage his teammates and give them some words of advice and whatever. But, you know, Mark Stahl is going to be the guy that's going to be playing hockey, and he's the guy that's been there for a lot of these lengthy uh, New York Ranger playoff runs. And I've told you guys about this before. If you've listened to a lot of episodes of this podcast, I never saw Mark Stahl as this phenomenal superstar defenseman that a lot of people seem to see him as. However, I certainly do respect him for his longevity. Uh, everything he's done with the Rangers. He's battled through some injuries. He's played through some injuries. He came back from a, a really bad concussion that was actually inflicted by his brother. Uh, he's blocked an ungodly amount of shots throughout his NHL career. And again, he's been a part of some lengthy playoff runs and moments. 104 uh, Stanley Cup playoff games for Mark Stahl, every single one of them with the New York Rangers. But at this point in 2020, Mark Stahl is what he is. And his ceiling at this point is probably just as a serviceable third-pair defenseman. So he's got to at least be that for the Rangers. He's got to at least go out on the ice and not be a liability, be somebody who uses his postseason experience, doesn't obviously let the moment get too big for him, and just kind of sets a good example for the younger defensemen who are making their debut on this team, their playoff debut. And he's 33 years old, so hopefully uh, he's benefited from some rest late here in the season. But he's got to step it up, and he's got to be a leader for this team, uh, certainly for the group of defensemen, but really for the Rangers as a whole. Because, like I said, second longest tenured player on the Rangers, and I don't think Henrik Lundqvist, who's obviously the longest tenured Ranger, I don't think he's even going to play. So Mark Stahl going to have to step up big for this team. And I just thought of one more player on the Rangers who I think could be a little bit of an X-factor, so we're going to include him as an honorable mention, and that's going to be Julian Gauthier. 
Gautier, to me, a little bit of a wild card because we were just sort of kind of getting to know him before the season was paused, and he skated in only 12 games for the Rangers. Of course, he came over in the trade that sent Brady Shea to the Hurricanes. But if Capo Caco can't play for the Rangers due to his diabetes, then Gautier might very well be ticketed for the Rangers' third line. He might be out there on the right wing along with Philip Hedl and also maybe Brennan Lemieux. And to me, that's kind of an intriguing combination, and I would like to eventually see what Julian Gautier could do in a role that isn't just you know playing seven or eight minutes a night on the fourth line. And I realize you have to earn that. You have to earn your keep. You have to earn a bigger role. But again, if Kako is unavailable, I would not be stunned to see the Rangers move Gautier up to the third line because I think he's got more upside than some of the other options. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. And then, of course, Brennan Lemieux also facing a suspension. We don't know what's going to happen there. We don't know if he's going to be available for the Rangers at the start of the playoffs. So there could be some openings on that third line, you know, if Kako can't play and if Brennan Lemieux is suspended. So Gautier, a guy who could take advantage of that, and, and we'll see what he can do. Uh, you guys know that I'm a fan of Gautier. The little we've got to see of him, I think he's got an intriguing blend of size and speed, something that's always good to see, and, and we'll see. We'll see if Julian Gautier uh, ends up with a bigger role than maybe some of us think that he's going to have at this moment when the postseason starts. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. And thanks for sticking with me through all these crazy things that are happening in the world right now. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. The only other thing that I want to mention real quick here before we wrap up for the day is on Thursday, there is going to be a special edition, a Black Lives Matter roundtable discussion featuring eight of the African-American Locked On hosts. So you're going to be getting an episode that features Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jags, Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, Keith Pompey of Locked On 76ers, Cody Davis of Locked On Texans, Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, John Hickman of Locked On Texans and your boy Q from Locked On Raiders. And they're all going to have a discussion. I have not heard the episode, but I will definitely be tuning in. I think it's definitely something worth listening to. And as I understand it, uh, basically what's going to happen is on Thursday, there will be this episode, this roundtable discussion on Black Lives Matter will be available across all Locked On platforms, including Locked On New York Rangers. So when you go to Locked On New York Rangers, you're going to see a new episode. You will see the roundtable for Black Lives Matter, and you can listen to it that way. Or you can go to any other uh, team, NHL, NFL, whatever, and it'll be there as well. So it's basically just going to be a company-wide roundtable discussing the Black Lives Matter movement and definitely something uh, worth checking out and something that I'm certainly going to listen to as well. So definitely looking forward to that. And then on Friday, we will have part eight of Sports Movie Brackets with Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox and Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. We have already recorded that episode, and that will put us into the final four. So once again, guys, thanks so much. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again. I'll see you next time.